This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here I am, Raider Nation. Not in the home studios today, but Tuesday is my normal day that I'm at Raiders HQ. So coming to you live from the studios, the comfy studios here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ in Henderson. My man, Damon Cotton, is behind the wheels of steel back in the home studios. And uh, very excited about today, as I'm excited about every day, man. I always love to get on the, on the mic and get to talk for a couple hours, talk some Raider football, talk to Raider Nation. Get some good text messages, all that good stuff. Talk to some good guests. And uh, that's exactly what we're going to do on today's show. Kind of the the last day of reflection to what was in Week 13 as the Raiders lost to the Washington football team 17-15 to and start to turn the page. Uh, we'll officially turn the page tomorrow and look forward to Week 14 as the Raiders travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs in a game that's going to be a very tough game. Is at a game that's impossible for the Silver and Black to win? No, not at all. I don't think there's any game on the schedule all season long that's been an impossible game for them to win. They just haven't found ways to win more than they haven't. You know, obviously 6-6 six and six on the season is not where they want to be. Uh, it's not where any member of the team wants to be, anyone in the front office. No, nobody wants them to be at 6-6 six and six right now, but that's where they are. So they're preparing uh, to, to travel to Kansas City and take on the, the Kansas City Chiefs who are Cooking with grease right now. Have a nice little win streak going. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll put their best foot forward and they'll go with all the players that are as healthy as possible uh, to get out there. And, obviously, the one big name that we're going to continue to monitor and look for the rest of the week is uh, number 83. Uh, you want to have Darren Waller out there. If you're going to go in there to Kansas City, Arrowhead Stadium, very tough place to play. You want to have your guns blazing, right? You want to have all your best players available to you. So uh, something to, to monitor throughout the course of the week. Rich Basaccia, he upped Darren Waller on Monday from week to week as he was last week to day to day. Now, does that mean that he's going to play on Sunday? No, that, that doesn't at all. But sounds like he's starting to get a little bit better, as Rich Basaccia had said, trying to get him out of the pool and actually get him a little bit of running, a little bit of burn uh, on the practice field. So we'll see uh, as the week progresses. But Darren Waller obviously is going to be needed in a major way on Sunday against Kansas City. And so uh, that's, that's one of the storylines that we'll monitor throughout the course of the week. Coming up on today's show, have a couple good guests, our regular Tuesday guests to get to. Uh, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, he'll actually join us at 3 o'clock. So to kick off next hour, the second hour of the show, he'll join us and he'll talk all things NFL. He'll talk about the silver and black uh, losing to the Washington football team, who, by the way, are on a four-game winning streak right now. And they're squarely in the playoffs as far as NFC. So we'll talk to uh, John about all things NFL. And speaking of all things NFL, how about that Monday night football game? Of course, I was at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge, to watch that game. And I knew it was going to be an interesting game. I didn't know it was going to shake out the way it did. I didn't know that the Patriots were going to win, and they were only going to throw the ball three times. Damon, you've been watching football. You've been playing football to a certain level uh, for a very long time throughout the course of your life. Have you ever seen a game where there's been 45 rushing attempts and only three passing attempts, and they come away with a victory? Yeah, Q, I'll give you one even better. 
I've been a fan of a team that lost to a game earlier this year. That's just right. A few weeks ago, that That's lost right. to a team that didn't do any passes. That's right. That was UNLV. <laughs> UNLV Air Force. Last yeah, game of yeah. The season, UNLV just melted in. Air Force ran the ball every single time. So, yeah, it's possible. I've seen it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is possible. It's just not likely. It doesn't happen very often. But, yeah, you bring up a great point. It did happen earlier this season uh, to the Rebels, and uh, uh, that was an unfortunate game. But uh, you're not going to see that on the NFL level. You're not going to see that too often. And I know I took to Twitter last night and said, I don't think we'll ever see that again. And a lot of people said, never say never, Q. Okay, I get it. Okay, it's a a chance that it could happen, but it's not going to happen very often. I will say this, and I know nobody – from Raider Nation wants to ever give the Patriots props. I, I sure don't want to give the Patriots props. I'm still salty about the tuck rule. But that's a whole nother conversation. I know DeMond's in the home studio like, get over it, Q. One of these days, you're going to have to just get over it. But as I said, I don't want to give them props, but you have to give them props. They are 9-4, and four, and not only in first place in the AFC East, they're in first place in the AFC They are the first-ranked team in the AFC with a rookie quarterback. They dipped out of the playoffs last year. They weren't part of the playoffs last year. And they went out and did a lot of moving and shaking and drafting and free agent pickups and are now at 9-4 and and back into the playoffs and looking like one of the better teams in the AFC. Now, I'm not going to say that they're the best team in the AFC. I know they got the number one seed. I'm not going to say they're the best team in the AFC. But they're pretty damn good. They're pretty damn good, and they're up there right now. Matter of fact, I would actually argue with some people, and I have no problem with you chiming in, and if you want to speak on this as well, you can. I don't mind you chiming in at 702-365-9200 or the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Who do you think the best team in the AFC is? I would actually argue that the team that the Raiders are about to play, the Kansas City Chiefs, are probably, if they're not the best team in the AFC, they're right there. They're right there. They got a nice little win streak going, too. And I know they're not 100% right. That's what makes me really give them a lot of props. They're not, they're not right right now. They're not 100% where they need to be, where we're used to seeing the Kansas City Chiefs. But they're playing some pretty good ball. Defense is making plays. And they got a nice little win streak going. So I would actually argue that they're probably the best team in the AFC. But, I mean, there's a couple teams that you could pick from. So if you want to chime in on that, that's fine. Well, that wasn't one of the, the show topics, but since I uh, – since I started to talk about it, and it started, it just kind of went there, just organically came out. And and I know Demond, who's back in the home studio, uh, you're a, a fan of a team that's that's up there, pretty high in the AFC standings as well. The Tennessee Titans, of course, they're without Derrick Henry. Uh, where where do you think? Who do you think the best team in the AFC is in general? I think it's the Chiefs because even though the Patriots have the best record, last night's game is one of those. Sean McDermott even said you can't give Belichick all the credit. Let's not give him too much credit because how many times do you see a game like that? If you just go off of what you saw, the Bills looked better last night. So I don't think that the Patriots are the best team in the AFC. I'm going to give it to the Chiefs even though the Patriots have that number one seed as of right now. I got you. I I will say this. I heard Sean McDermott say that, and I understand what he's saying 100%. But you got to give Belichick a lot of credit as well. You got to give him a lot of credit. Uh, again, this dude has found a way to get this thing turned around and is guiding the ship with a rookie quarterback. A rookie quarterback. You know, I know that there's a lot of conversations as far as, you know, Raider Nation goes about what you can't do, when you can't do this. You can't expect expectations. Look, man, teams, you can expect, you can be a rookie head coach or you could be a rookie quarterback. You could have a rookie quarterback and still expect high things from these players. And coaches staff. It's not impossible. I know Raider Nation, I know myself, we have seen a lot of, you know, a coach comes in and tries to build it up and it takes a little while. You say, okay, well, you got to build, you got to build, you got to build. That's one way of doing it, but it ain't the only way of doing it. 
It ain't the only way. There's teams that have come in and had brand new coaches and they've been successful immediately. There's been teams that have come in with a rookie head coach or rookie quarterback and been good immediately. And I'm not saying that Mac Jones is the end-all, be-all and that it's all on him. But he's part of the, the compliment. What do we talk about on the show a lot? Complimentary football? He's part of it. He's, he's the quarterback. Now they have an outstanding run game, and their defense obviously is cooking with grease as well. But it's all part of it. They have, a, they have a quarterback that's out there and doesn't feel like the moment's too big for him. What he actually, to me, the feeling I get from Mac Jones is the same feeling I got about Russell Wilson when he came into the league. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't responsible for everything that Seattle was doing, all their success. He wasn't, you know, the, the, he wasn't even as good as he is now. But he was good enough. You know that their recipe was what? Run the rock, play strong defense, and don't let Russell Wilson mess it up. And he didn't. And so that's kind of the same. I kind of compare those guys to the same their rookie year. They're, they're not, again, not the end-all, be-all, but they're part of the puzzle. That's what I see when I see Mac Jones. But I was entertained. I was highly entertained. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like it was the prettiest game to watch, but I was just entertained with the style. And I had to give the Patriots and, uh, you know, and, and their coaching staff a lot of props on the game plan that they went in. And at least they went in with the game plan. They went in and said, hey, this is how we think we can win this game, and this is what we're going to do. And they did it, and it worked, and they're sitting on top in the AFC. So we'll talk to John McClain about all things NFL coming up at 3 o'clock. And then 3.30, our normal Tuesday guest, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. She'll join us as well. She was at the game on Sunday, and uh, she was in the press box. She was in the media sessions following the game with us, and uh, she'll talk about what she saw. She'll talk about the expectations for this upcoming week and – not only that, but the expectations for the rest of the season. I mentioned it last week, you know, hey, you're going into the final month of the season. This is, this is nut-crunching time. You know what I mean? This is, when, this is when the bullets are live. You know, you've been playing with rubber bullets throughout the, the course of the year. Now you're, the bullets are live. So now you really got to make things happen. And so, obviously, the first game in December it, it did not shake out the way that the, the Raiders wanted it to. They still have five games left, so... We'll ask Cassie what she's expecting, what she wants to see from, from the silver and black, and, and what she thinks she will see. You know, there's a difference between what you want to see and what you think you will see. So we'll ask her those questions as well when we talk to her coming up at 3.30. So those are the two guests that we have on the show today, which means the whole first hour is wide open, like some old school TV antennas. I actually met some people on Saturday at the Rockstar that said, man, Q, I love it when you say oh, wide open like some old school TV antennas because it remembers how it reminds me of when I watched TV. And matter of fact, I still got some old school TV antennas. So I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. But I did have a show question that I want to throw out there at 702-365-9200. And when I passed this on on the run sheet to my man, Damon, I actually thought about him when I wrote it on the run sheet because I knew that this is going to be one of those days where he says, oh, man, I'm going to be busy. And he just looked at me. When I passed it on to him, I said, really, you're going to go there today. You're going to do this to me today. And I said, yeah, we're going to close the book on what we saw on Sunday. And this is how we're going to close the book. There's a lot of people that have hit me up on Twitter. There's been a lot of people that have hit up Vinny Bonsignor on Twitter. There's been a lot of people that have called into this very radio show and said, I want to get one of you guys to ask Derek Carr this. I want to get one of you guys to ask Rich Bisaccia that. I want you to ask Josh Jacobs this. I want you to ask Greg Olson that. I, I want to, I want to, I want to. There's a lot of that that's going on. And that's okay. That's, a good, that's not a bad thing. I'm not mad at that. It just got me 
and got the wheels turning in my head. So here we go, Raider Nation. 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword r If you could ask one question in a post-game or a weekday-type media session, what would the one question be and who would you ask? Now, I don't, want a, I don't want a laundry list of questions. I don't want you to say, oh, but I got one more question. I would ask this. No. I want you, you have one question, and you've got one person you can ask it to. That's all I want. The minute that you go to two is the minute that i got to cut you off. Because I think that they're going to get some good reactions here. I think we're going to get a lot of good questions. But I want to make sure everyone has an opportunity. Again, this hour is wide open like some old school TV antennas. If you could ask one question in a post game or a weekday tight media session, and what I mean by that is Monday it was Rich Basaccia. Tomorrow it'll be Rich Basaccia, Derek Carr, and probably a couple other players. Thursday it'll be Gus Bradley and Greg Olson. Friday it'll be Rich Basaccia. And then say it'll be the head coach, Derek Carr, and a couple players following the game, but that'll be in Kansas City. So I'm going there. I know DeMond is – Probably feverishly working the phones already, but I'm going there. 702-365-9200. Salmon ass text line 69187. Keyword R&R. <laughs> Got this text from the 209. Wide open like DJX on Sunday, Q. I'll try to call in before 3. Got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q, you want a tone setter to start off the show? I think the Tennessee Titans are the best team in the AFC because they have mega cool rollerblade and unicorn lollipop colors. Sincerely, DeMond's twin brother and that dude who wishes upon a star. All right. Sir Whiskey Ray has always got a funny. He always has a funny. How about this one from Joel and Pomona? Good afternoon, Q and Raider Nation. Yo, Q, do you think those emails that were leaked out could possibly set this team back another 20-plus years? That's what's really scary. MD got his guy, and he was taken away by whoever leaked these emails. I just hope they can find the right system and coach quick. Again, Joel and Pomona. Uh, No, I don't think it's going to set the team back 20 years, the franchise back 20 years. I don't think so. That's why uh, a move had to be made. That's why uh, Gruden resigned, not to be that guy to to linger around. Because technically, if he didn't want to resign and Mark Davis didn't want to fire him, he probably didn't have to. But it would have been something that lingered along and lingered along and lingered along. So, no, I don't think you have to worry about 20-plus years of the franchise being set back by some emails that happened back in 2010. I, I don't, that's just my gut feeling. Now, if it's 2041 <laughs> and I'm sitting here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center and saying, well, looking for a new head coach. No, I'm just kidding. But I don't, I don't, think, that, I don't think that that would be uh, – I don't think that's anything you have to worry about. Uh, one more quick text and we'll go to the phone line. Vegas Pete, Raiders now only have a 5% chance to make the playoffs. Rich B only has five games left. I think Dabo Sweeney on the sideline Sunday wearing Raiders colors and gear, FaceTiming car is a huge cue that there's mutual interest in him becoming our next coach. I think it's a good choice. What say you? Uh, Vegas Pete, thank you so much for that. One, I didn't know anything about FaceTiming car. Uh, I don't think, and we had... Uh, we had my, my good friend Alexis Cubit on who covers the, the Clemson Tigers like a glove. Uh, we had her on yesterday on the show, and she said that she doesn't think, in her personal and professional opinion, that Dabo wants anything to do with the NFL. He is a college head coach. He's really a, a, a culture-type guy. Uh, now, again, who knows? You know, Money could make a lot of people be different people. <laughs> you know what I mean? You never know what's, what someone's motivation is. You never know what someone is in their – you know, their, their goals and challenges in life. You never know. But I don't, I don't think that that's a, 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 real, a realistic um, thing. I just don't. Um, I know Dabo's in town because the College Football Hall of Fame uh, inductees and the, the dinner is actually tonight at, uh, I believe, 7 o'clock. They're going to induct the 2020 class and the 2021 class. C.J. Spiller from Clemson 
is a part of that class. So don't think that you have to don't think you have to really work too hard to connect what's going on and why he's in town. You know, and then of course he's going to see Hunter Renfro, he's going to see Cleve Furrow, he's going to see other guys that you know from Clemson. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that connection. Uh, but I had no problem talking about it and speaking on it and seeing what Alexis thought yesterday on the show. So thank you so much for that. Now, Damon, let's go ahead and open up the floodgate. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Who we got up first today? Passionate Raider. Passionate Raider. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show, brother. My man, what's up, guys? What's up? Chilling. First off, first off, I gotta disagree with both you guys on best team in the AFC. For one, what can okay. we say to the Pat? What What are the Patriots doing bad right now? What is one thing that you can say that they are doing bad in? I can't find nothing. The defense is playing like that. Mac Jones is is playing offense the way you want a quarterback to play. The running game, their wide receivers who have really, you know, we kind of thought were suspect. They're starting to come along and make plays. That whole team, with those two coaches, with the best doing it in my lifetime, the best coach I've ever seen, and I'm just like you, Q, it hurts me so bad to have to give the Patriots props. But since Brady and Belichick split up, I've learned to appreciate the greatness and the reality of life and kind of enjoy it as a football fan, but it's still bittersweet, man. But okay. you, I just don't know how, how you could say how we could even try to like I mean they're there, man. We never thought that they would be where they're at right now. And and Mahomes and them, they're not even like they're playing so they're they're their offense is still very sloppy. Very, very that's just that's what I think. And then my question my question, you kind of really threw us threw off with that because it was gonna be something different today, but Man, one person, one question. Derek Carr, what are you seeing? What do you see? Do you see ghost? Do you see fear? Do you see doubt? How do you not see plays? How do you not see wide open receivers? How do you not see a system that you've mastered for, that you say out of your mouth, you've mastered for four years? You should be able to go out there and do that. And why do you keep letting us down when we give you the utmost praise and glory and want to see nothing but the best for you, and you keep letting us down? So, so okay, so hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on right there. Hold on right there because you asked about five questions. I mean, you phrased them all to the same guy, but you asked literally five questions. What is the one question you're asking him? What, what are you seeing on the field? Okay, thank, thank you for the call. That was great. And I'll say this. On one of the plays that he did not throw to Deshaun Jackson, actually after the game he said, I missed him because I, 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 was, I didn't want to throw it to uh, – with with, there was a linebacker there that he didn't, he didn't see. I can't remember exactly how he, he worded it. He basically phrasing it as he didn't know exactly where that linebacker was and there he you didn't go. want to throw blind. He didn't want to throw blind. That's the way he worded it. So that's, that's how he would respond to you asking, what are you seeing out there? He would, and he would say – Hey, I, I, I missed him. I went to the sideline and admitted that I missed him because I didn't want to throw blind. That's how he'd answer that question. And that's what I want. I want one. I don't want like a series of them because I know it's easy to do. You know, hey, what are you seeing? Why are you letting me down? Why aren't you doing this? Why, why haven't you met? That's five. And I appreciate the passion. I appreciate the call. But I just want one. And that's why it's so difficult. 702-365-9200. And, and with the, the Patriots, you saying they're the best team in the AFC, that's fine. That's okay. That's why I asked. I, I get it. I said Kansas City because they're not where they need to be yet, 
But I feel like they're getting better. And, and the Patriots, I just don't think that they have the firepower, you know, to score as much as, you know, as the, as the Chiefs do. But with the recipe that they're using, you could absolutely be right. Not mad at that at all. It's good stuff. 702, great way to start us off, Pastor Raider. 702-365-9200. DeMond, who's up next? We got ABA Ivan Davis. My man, ABA Ivan Davis, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, how's it going? Blessed. Uh, I, want to, I, I kind of agree with the first caller. Okay. As far as, as much as I hate to say the Patriots, because, you know, I had a I had a fit up and down the street on the top of the just I uh, can't even describe the, the sick feeling I had. But anyway, uh, uh, what Belichick does, he takes away 70% of your offense, which is not hard to do. First thing you take away is that speedy wide receiver. He's going to see some kind of a double coverage, a triple coverage. Next, you take away Kelsey. Kelsey gets popped in the mouth every time he come off the line of scrimmage. you got to be physical with him All, uh, up until the point where you almost get a pass to the finish. Okay, that's what the Giants, I do. Giants of the Redskins did that to him, and he gets frustrated, okay, after that. So he's going to eliminate 70% of your offense and force you to win with the other 30%. And, that, and, and, that, and that's why I'd say the Patriots are the best team in the AFC, but you're okay. right. They don't have the firepower to do that. But if, but the Chiefs limited. If you take 70% of the offense away, points come way down for the Chiefs, and you have a chance to beat them. As far as the question I would ask, it wouldn't be the car so much as it would be the Versace. Dude, where are your alpha dogs? There's just no way you should be coming out the tunnel flat like that. I mean, where are the alpha dogs at the Chiefs? This is the Raiders. Realize what team you play for. Okay. okay. I mean, you coach. Good stuff. Where Good are stuff. Where the alpha dogs at? All right, there it is. That's the question. Where are your alpha dogs at? That was kind of what I asked yesterday. Who's the tone setter? Where is the tone setter? I like this. See, we're generating something. We got something cooking right now. Thank you so much for that. 702-365-9200. Allen, right here in Vegas, you're up next. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, Q? Chilling, man. I get one question for Derek, right? Yep. Okay, so whenever I roll with you and Benny out to the Performance Center for a presser, I would ask Derek, uh, Derek, Going into your ninth season with your, it would be your sixth new head coach and fifth new offense that you would have to learn, and one more year for you to get comfortable in that offense. Quite frank, frankly, do you want to stay with the Raiders or do you Ooh, want to go elsewhere? I like it. I like it. Alan, good stuff right there. And I think that that's a very legit question. And not being disrespectful and not saying, hey, I'm trying to push him out the door, but. Look, we saw what happened with Matt Stafford in Detroit for as long as he was. He was there. He was the good soldier. He continued to, you know, go out there and break records as far as yardage and all that good stuff, but he wasn't winning. And at some point he said, hey, you know what? This is all, this is good and all. Love being here with this team. Love everything I got around me, but I want an opportunity to go win. And so he did. He went to L.A. I'm not mad at him. These guys' careers are so short. I know that I would want to be a part of a winner. I know I'd want to be somewhere where I felt like there was stability. And that I can, you know, hold it down and, and, and be a key cog and, and go win something that was meaningful. I get it. And I'm not a guy that likes to jump ship. I mean, you go look at my resume. I stick around for a very long time before I, I bounce around from job to job. But I will tell you that there's at some point in these guys' short career that they're going to, you know, hey, I would love a chance to win something. You know, everyone's not Larry Fitzgerald, <laughs> who played with the Cardinals forever and, and got to the Super Bowl, was never able to get over the hump. You know, there's other guys that have played, obviously, for teams for a very long time, and, and they've only been on one team, and they haven't got a chance to win. And it's unfortunate for them. So, that, I mean, that's a good question, because he might say, yeah, I don't know, it's something I need to think about over the offseason. And I think that would be a legit answer. 
I, I don't think anyone could blame him. I really don't. Damon, I got time for one more uh, response? <laughs> he said no. <laughs> so that's all good. 2.23 is the time. When we come back, I got some more text messages I want to get to. Also, I want to invite you out to a movie premiere that is going on tonight that I'll be hosting. I'll tell you what it is. I'll get five people. Five people plus one that I want to put on a guest list. On my guest list, I'm inviting you as my personal guest to a movie tonight. I'll tell you about that. I'll get to the, the Raider Nation listener line and the Salmon Ash text line. We'll do it all next from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Raider Nation, this is Marcus Allen. You're listening to Radio Station 920. Say Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation Radio Station 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 229 is the time here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Raiders HQ is my normal Tuesday stop to hold down the show. Very excited about the opportunity to be here each and every Tuesday. Uh, got a lot of action on the phone lines and the Salmon Ash text line as well at 69187, keyword r uh, Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Coming up at 3 o'clock, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle will talk all things NFL with us. Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. She'll join us at 3.30 to talk all things Raiders. DeMond pointed out to me in the commercial break, one guy that looked good on Monday Night Football is a guy that Raider Nation is very familiar with, Trent Brown, right tackle. Big right tackle for the Patriots, and he did. He looked the part, you know, and he's just one of those guys, and I know nobody wants to hear this either, but he's one of those guys that he's really good when he plays in New England. He wasn't very good in San Francisco. They found him expendable, found a way to send him to New England. He goes and wins the Super Bowl. Raiders pick him up, give him huge money, and he basically just did nothing. You know, it was only available 50% of the time. And really, he's missed a few games with the Patriots this season as well, but he just goes out there and performs for the Patriots. So uh, not, not saying that, hey, that's a guy that the Raiders should have held on to because it just wasn't going to work with him, but Bill Belichick knows how to get, get a lot out of him. Uh, I did want to pass on this news, and this is coming down from Will Compton himself, the former Raider linebacker. Uh, he tweeted out, I'm signing with the Raiders, per source. And the Raiders uh, have some injuries at linebacker. Denzel Perryman went out of the game on Sunday with an ankle injury. Uh, Corey Littleton has an injury. I believe it's a – I thought it was a finger. Or, I don't know what it was. He has – I forget the exact injury. Uh, Rich Basaccia mentioned it yesterday. But Corey Littleton's a little banged up. So they have some, some injuries at the linebacker position. Obviously, Will Compton's very familiar with the team. So from him on Twitter, I am signing with the Raiders per source. So – there you go. Uh, he's a fan favorite. I know that for a fact. And it uh, sounds like he's going to be back with the silver and black. So that's just a little bit of uh, housekeeping that I wanted to make sure I did right there. Now let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Again, 702-365-9200. One question, only one, to one player or one coach. What would your question be and who would it be to? And let's try to be respectful of the question. Like We had one question on the text line that said something about Josh Jacobs and did you forget that you were homeless once? I'm not even going to finish reading that one because that's not even, that's not a real question. That's not a real question. So maybe I should have prefaced that. Your question has to be a, a, a real question. You know, you know what, Q? That brings like last night uh, in the Buffalo Bills game. Oh, Jordan yeah. Pointer and yeah. then and Micah Hyde, they got to ask the question, are you embarrassed about losing to a team that only threw three passes? 
Right. And then 40% of the Patriots' rushing yards came on three rushes. 40% <laughs> right. of the, like, you know, they had a couple of big runs. Right. And then they're just like, we're going to remember that. And people might say, oh, or is he threatening the reporter? No, we're just not going to talk to you. We're not going to answer your questions anymore if you're going to ask dumb questions. Right. That was, I thought it was a dumb question. I saw some people defend that question, but I thought it was a dumb question, too. Uh, that was something that was un- unnecessary. But, you know, that's just kind of how it is. So uh, let's, let's, let's do questions that are actually realistic and something that, you would honestly ask them. Because, see, this is the thing about it. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the texter. I'm just saying a lot of these questions that are being asked or has been asked, and Vinny brought this up and we made a great point on yesterday's show in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. on Radio Nation Radio 920. A lot of the questions that people throw at us and say, hey, go ask this person this, you wouldn't really do and say in person yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think anybody, and if you – had the nerve to ask Josh Jacobs, do you remember that you were homeless at one point? You know, and, 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 and word it in a disrespectful way like the rest of that question was. I, I, don't, I don't think that you would ask that in, in person. I really don't. And, and it's just, again, it's just disrespectful. I'm not a disrespectful dude. Now, maybe way back in the day I was disrespectful. But I'm not that dude anymore. So, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, so logistic, real, real, realistic, I'm sorry, questions is what I'm looking for. 702-365-9200, Sam and Ash, text line 69187. Let's talk to Dundee. He's up first. What's on your mind, my man? What's up, DeMar? My question I would ask Coach Versace. Okay. Uh, five games left. Your team's 6-6. Six and six. What is this team playing for moving forward? Playing it I like it. No, that's perfect. That's a perfect question because I, that's, that's a question that I have. What is the motivation? I asked Rich Versace on Monday at the media session. I said, hey, the, mo- the mantra has been all season long, no matter if it's a win or a loss, and the coaches have said this, and players, no matter what has happened, all the players are there early on Monday, ready to uh, you know, practice, ready to get their treatment, get their bodies right, so when, when Wednesday's practice rolls around, they're ready to rock and roll. Is that the same now? And his answer was you know, basically, well, you know, we met with some of the guys today, some of the guys came in and got treatment, and so he didn't really answer it with a specific yes, he didn't say no either. And so I'm really interested because it's easy, not easy, it's easier to do that earlier in the season. It's a lot harder when it's December and it's cold outside. You got to get up early. You're coming off a tough loss. You're not seeing, you know, you're not feeling too positive about, you know, the last couple games or whatever. And, you, you know, you're having some, some injuries pile up. Things get a little bit tougher later on in the year. Again, it's, a, it's September and October is awesome. But it's all about November and December. How do you navigate through those months? Those months tell you which, what your season's going to be. And unfortunately for the Silver and Black, in November they won one game. That was that game against Dallas. So far in December, they're 0 for 1. It's not about what you do in September and October. It's what you do in November and December. Let's go out to NorCal Raider. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Thank you. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Good. Um, if I had to ask one person um, something in the organization, um, I would ask uh, Mark Davis, like, um, what's his next move? You know, I know the season's still going on. You know, a lot of people want to think about right now, but what's his move uh, long term? Is he gonna, is he gonna, you know, kind of like uh, do his due diligence and see who's out there after the season's over? Because I know the guys in place. Um, I like, I like, um, I like our GM, uh, Mike Mayotte, but I hope that if he hires a coach, you know, based on his characteristics and his knowledge. I don't really want Mark Davis to really put his nuggets in it anymore. I want I want somebody on the football side that knows what they're doing. Mike Mack seems like he has a lot of knowledge and he's connected to a lot of well 
respected people in the NFL, even people that are analysts that I like, like um, just a lot of guys I just noticed are very knowledgeable. That's just my my question, really. Okay, good stuff. I like it. That's a, that's a good, fair question. I mean, it really is. And, you know, and the thing about it is, in uh, and, and, and all walks of life that I know and I'm aware of uh, as far as the NFL goes, kind of how the order of operations is, is if the GM is who the GM is, they go out there and, and they, they find their guy, they target the guy that they want to bring in. Of course, they go through the interview process and everything. Then they take that name and that person, they take it, that would go to MD next and say, hey, this is who we want to bring in. This is why we want to bring him in. And I just want you to sign off on it. And then that's how it goes. You know what I mean? Like that's how the football minds get together and then present it to the owner. And that's, that's the ideal way to make it happen. And that's why you got to make sure. And I'm sure that these conversations are already being had, but probably not officially of what is going to happen. I'm sure that there's nothing on the record as far as what, you know, Mark Davis wants to do moving forward, what Mike Mayock wants to do moving forward. But They've, they've got to have some kind of plan already. I mean, it's December. They've got to have something going on in their head because the end of the season is going to be here sooner rather than later, and then you're going to really have to figure out, okay, what do we do? You've got to have a game plan going into the, the beginning of the season and not, or the, uh, the beginning of the offseason. And I know that the powers that be are way smarter than that, and they know exactly what they're going to need. So that's my opinion. But that's a, that's a really good question. I really do. I, I like that a lot. So, NorCal Raider, thank you so much for that. 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Reggie. What's on your mind, my man? What's going on, fellas? What's up, Demond? What's up, Q? Chilling, hey, man. I, I'm not the greatest at these one-question things, but <laughs> I, I ask myself every game, is this the game where we're going to change up our approach to our offense? And I would ask that to Olsen. Okay. The reason why I'm saying it, we keep coming out with these drive four plays and we punt. And it's like we do the run, we do the pass. We do the run and we short on the fir- fir- third down. So I'm just wondering, are they going to come out and use D-Jack, man? Just in that four series, I mean, the, the first four downs, come out and find a way to just get one to D-Jack. Okay. I don't know how you do it, but is this the game where we try that? All right. There you go. You know, and the thing about it is they, they, they got the ball to D. Jackson and they, they targeted him in that, that Cowboys game. And I thought that that meant that, okay, he's more well-versed on the, the game plan and that that's what they're going to do moving forward. You know, they're going to try to test the, test the downfield and everything. And it just never materialized against the Washington football team, even though there was times that he ran and was open. You know, but uh, again, there was uh, you know a time when when Derek said that hey, I you know, I wasn't going to throw it blind because I don't want to I don't want to turn the rock over. So uh, you know, I get it, I get it. Uh, I, I would like to see him more involved as well, especially if he's going to be running running uh, you know deep shots all the time. Uh, take a couple of them. I would have no problem uh, seeing you know seeing some shots taken down the field. I, I like that a lot. Uh, thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. How about we go out to uh, Raider X? What's on your mind, my man? Hey, Q, Raider X here, man. Pleasure talking to you all the damn time. I love it, man. Love you. Thank, you at me up. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Brother. Two questions. <laughs> so one, one is to interim Basaccia. And the one thing I ask him is, hey, your job's on the line here. So how daring are you and what is the new wrinkle that you want to put in to this Raider game to change, to change the narrative? All right. Now, before you go on, let me go. Before you go on. You got to think about it. You only got one question. So is it going to be that one or is it going to be your next one? Which one's the best one? You got to shoot your best shot. Give me your best Steph Curry. Oh, my second one then, brother. My second <laughs> one. My second one. What, what, what would be the gut? 
Gus Bradley. Gus okay. Bradley, you know you got a shot at the – what would you do different than you saw uh, Gruden and Versace do? Okay. Okay, there you go. I like it. I like it. Thank you, Raider X, for that. I appreciate you. And that was a smart veteran move right there. I don't know if you caught that, DeMond, but that was a smart veteran move. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what the second question would have been, I would have said, oh, my second one's the best one just so I could say it. So I don't know if you caught that veteran move. That's a good vet move right there from Raider X. But, uh, yeah, Gus Bradley, think about that. Gus Bradley, what would you do differently that you've seen? You saw what Gruden did. Obviously, you've been with him, known him very well. And you've seen what Basaccia has done. What would you do differently? I, I think that that's fair. Yeah, that's I, a hot water question. Though. he can't. You know, if someone were to ask us, Bradley, like, he can't answer that truthfully. Um, you can ask him in a way where it could be it could be a truthful answer when you say, you know, what have you taken away from what Coach Gruden did, what Coach Basaccia did, and how would you kind of implement that and maybe you know tweak it a little bit? I mean, you you can you can word it where he can answer it and it not sound like he's trying to be. Like, oh, I wouldn't do nothing that those cats did. You know what I mean? Like, I tell you what, we wouldn't have lost if I was here, coach. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mailman Raider said on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, not really a question I want to ask, but I want to know who was a Gruden guy and who was a Mayock guy. That'll tell us a lot what Mayock could do in the draft, in my opinion, which is fair. That's a question I don't think we'll ever have the answer to. That's a great question. That's an awesome question, and I don't think that anyone will ever have the answer to it. And the reason is – and when we had Charles Davis on the show, he mentioned this. Mike Mayock, regardless of how he felt about anyone, is never going to throw someone under the bus. He's never, he's gonna, he'll fall on the sword every time and not throw anyone under the bus. I respect that. I really do. Because it's so easy to be a person that just says, oh, well, that wasn't on me. That was on that person. It's so easy to try to deflect the attention off you, uh, you know, just, just because. Regardless, if it, it, it helps you out in, in the situation moving forward. Mike's not going to do that. He, he's not. And, and I thought that when Charles Davis broke that down to us, I thought that that was, uh, that was a really good one. So uh, thank you so much, Mailman Raider, for, for that text. Uh, only thing that we could really do now as fan base and media is see if he gets that opportunity next year, what he does and what he brings in, and then maybe you can kind of compare and contrast moving forward. Before we take a quick break, as I'm here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, I want to invite five folks. Obviously, you've got to be here locally. Five folks, and you can do plus one if you'd like. You could bring a guest with you. Tonight I'm hosting the movie premiere of National Champion. It's about college football. It looks awesome. It really does. You can go ahead in the commercial break and Google it if you want. Google the trailer. It looks like a really stinking good movie. It's going to be at the the Town Square AMC. It starts at 7 o'clock. I'll take five callers. DeMond is standing by in the studio. He'll write down five names plus one. Give him your phone number. He'll give them to me, and I'll shoot them over, and you can go see a movie on me. You can be on my personal guest list tonight, National Championship at the Town Square AMC. It kicks off at 7 o'clock. Probably the doors open about 6.15. I'll be there hosting the event, so uh, you can come on by. So 702-365-9200. Five callers is what I'm looking for. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 2.47 is the time. Going to close out hour number one of the show. Then we'll get to John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Kick off hour number two. Talk all things NFL. Talk about the AFC in particular. Teams starting to separate themselves a little bit, but not really. Not a whole lot, but we'll get to all that coming up with John McClain again at 3 o'clock, and then Cassie Soto will join us from the Las Vegas Review-Journal at 3.30, kind of putting a bow on week 13, and we'll head into week 14. We'll start turning the page 
and, and look to week 14 starting on tomorrow's show. Of course, get a preview of the Kansas City Chiefs uh, now that they're on a nice little win streak, even though they're not exactly where they need to be. As Passionate Raider pointed out, their offense isn't really cooking yet, but they're still winning games. And I have a feeling that their offense is going to get on track sooner rather than later. But, again, that's what we'll start to do on tomorrow's show. i uh, got a couple text messages that I want to get to. Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Wanted to ask your thoughts. If you had one question that you could ask one person, and it's only one question, not A, B, C, and D, not you know multiple questions, just one, what would it be? And try to, like I said, keep it respectful because you're not literally going to ask someone a really rude question to their face. That's just not what you're going to do. Got this text message from David in the 209. Hey, Q. Hey, Damon. David from the 209, first time chiming in. The question I'd ask Rich B is how likely are we to see Faison and Teamer out at safety? Abram has been a lot better than last year, but he could be a liability in coverage, especially against Kansas City. Not saying the others won't be, but at this point, why not? I'll think a cool... I'll think of a cool name to chime in next time. That's David from the 209. And, you know, I thank you so much, David. First of all, I appreciate you. Thanks for being a part of the show. I think that's a really good question. And, you know, JT mentioned on Monday's show that the way that Kansas City targets Jonathan Abram, that maybe they have, the Raiders ought to think about sitting him for this game just because you know that Kansas City is targeting number 24 when he's out there. Now, I don't want someone to take that and say, oh, Q can't stand Jonathan Abram. No, it's not the case. That's not the case at all. It's just that the Kansas City Chiefs, they target Jonathan Abram quite a bit. So it's just part of the strategy. You know, some guys just aren't good fits against certain certain teams. And if you go back and look at the history of things, and JT's done this, and that's why he said it, Kansas City looks for number 24. There's certain guys that certain teams always go and target. They see him out there on the field. It's almost like, DeMond, when we say, you know, in, in hoops, hey, mouse in the house, mouse in the house. You know, when you see that, your eyes get big, right? Oh, this is a mismatch. Let's go. Barbecue chicken. Right, exactly. I mean, that's just, that's the nature of sports. It don't matter what sports you're playing. You got that mismatch, you're going to go for it. And sometimes there's no disrespect to the player. Like, we've seen Amik Robertson. He, there was one game earlier in the season. He was getting picked on a little bit. Right. And so, yep. you know, and sometimes you know you're just a bad matchup for a certain team. Yeah, I mean, it's it's simple. It's simple as that. It's simple as that. Sometimes you're just a bad matchup for certain teams. So I think that's a very good question. Thank you so much for that. I do appreciate it. Uh, another text that we got on the Sam and Ash text line from my guy Tom. He chimed in, and this has nothing to do with the question. He just said, "Q, hell no to Dabo. Had best two quarterbacks back to back. Still wouldn't have been any better with Gruden. Any better than Gruden. Don't think Raiders will be in Vegas in 20 years. Probably out in less than 10." And then he said, the one question to Carr during the week presser, why don't you throw one fifty-fifty, not three a game in – wait. Why don't you throw one fifty-fifty ball, not three a game in once in a whole year? Blah, 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 blah. Don't want to throw blind. He stared, ran for the whole way. Didn't even scan the field, Tom. Um, okay. Took me a little bit to put that together, but I get it. Um, yeah, the fifty-fifty ball is a good question. Because we were seeing him do that early in the season. You know, with, with Ruggs and Edwards, you were seeing him give them opportunities. And I like that. And I think that you have to do that. And I know that he doesn't want to do that unless, unless you know, he's very comfortable and has that chemistry. But at some point, man, you got to let it rip. So you're not wrong. You know, he, he, there's, there's times where he needs to just let it, let it go. Like he, like he did at the end of the game. You know, and almost came down with a completion to Zay Jones. Almost did. 
There's no doubt about that. that I mean, was that one was of the best passes of the season, man. I don't, incomplete. I there was a little tug on the jersey. Maybe some pass interference should have been called, but just the throw. That was one of the best throws of the season. I mean, it was good. It was good. It was there. I would like to see a few more of those shots. I say it at almost like clockwork to start every game. You know, I would, and this is why I'm not a coach, I would dial up, you know, a deep shot on the first play. Like Jim Plunkett said when he joined the show, hey, make the team, the opposite team, be concerned that you're going to try to take the, the top off. Sometimes you just got to do it and let it rip. I, I would like to see that. The other thing that I would like to see when it comes to taking that deep shot is when the Raiders create a turnover, and this is just how I grew up with football, when teams create a turnover, I always I yell at the TV if I'm at the house or whatever, and I don't care what, what team it is I'm watching. I mean, it does not matter who it is I'm watching. I don't care if it's high school football. When I've stood on the sidelines, as soon as a turnover happens, the very next play I say, take a shot. Immediately, you already have momentum. Take some shots. Take a shot right now. And sometimes they do, and other times they don't. But that's one of the things that I grew up watching football. That was, it was almost like you knew that was coming, right? When there was a turnover, like when Nate Hobbs comes up with that interception and he, he you know, gets a few yards or whatever and, and, and all of a sudden D.C.'s back on the field, in, in my mind, I'm in the press box. If I could call one play, I'm, I'm, I'm calling number one. I'm, I'm, I'm shooting a, a shot to D. Jackson immediately. If it falls incomplete, it falls incomplete. Hell, if they make a good play and intercept it, they make a good play and intercept it. It's like a punt. I get it. Got to score points. But that's, that's just me. That's just that's that's what I would like to see. Again, I'm not on the sideline. I don't have a headset on. I'm not coaching. There's a reason for that. But just from my point of view, that's the kind of stuff that I would like to see. But I get it. And, and the other thing about that is, I think that John Gruden had a lot to do with don't throw deep to Deshaun blindly. Not not obviously not with Deshaun because he wasn't around when Deshaun was there, but. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's I think that Gruden had a lot to do with that when he said, "Hey, don't take that that chance to to, you know, throw that that pass blindly and not know where the linebacker's at." That's just again, that's just uh that's just my point of view. Um, got a text from Victor from West Jordan, Utah. "Hey Q and Demond, I hope all is well. My question is to the team." What does being a Raider mean to you? Ooh, intriguing. It's kind of like the question I asked Marcel Reese when we had him on the show. One of the few times that we've had Marcel Reese on the show. That would, that would be a good question, you know, because it's different these days. You know, and I know it makes me sound like old dude, get off my lawn guy. I get it. But I think it's different now because, you know, free agency is so such a big deal. And, you know, teams will have you and then all of a sudden they'll drop you. And, you know, what I mean, it's just I think that. I just don't think that it's what it was back in the day. You know, just like you see rivalry games and you don't see them all like nasty and 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 bitter. You know, you're you're not going to see every rivalry game look like a a a Steeler Bengal game or a Steeler Ravens game or you know what I mean? And even the Raiders Chiefs as it is Raiders Chiefs week this week, it's not it's not nasty and ugly like it used to be. It just isn't. So that's a good question. I would I would like to ask that question. Maybe at the maybe at the end of the season that could be a question that that we ask. Uh, and then one more text from Vegas Pete with respect to the texture, the Raiders won't be leaving Las Vegas. They finally have the stadium they deserve and have a thirty year lease 
at $1 per year or $1 million per year. Or is it $1? Try to read this text. They have built a headquarters where Q is today. There's no way the Raiders leave Las Vegas. Uh, it's been a home run financially. They just need to win on the field more. Yeah, I, I, don't, I didn't even uh, respond to that part from Tom, and I, I should have. I don't think that uh, I don't I don't think that they're going anywhere anytime soon. Anyway, I don't either. I don't at all. They have a beautiful stadium, beautiful headquarters that I'm sitting in right now. As you pointed out, I don't see that happening either. Thank you so much for that, Vegas Pete. I do appreciate it. Two fifty six at the time. We'll go ahead and take a break. Kicking the hour number two. We'll do that. Talking to John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. This is Raider Nation Radio nine twenty.